Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod with me always, Dilra Jai Singer. Hello, Benjamin. We are back to back to back guests, and I am loving this. We are this this guest of ours, previous uh, guest, is a good, good friend of ours, but more importantly, one of the funniest stand up comedians around the country, but he's fresh out of the so called jungle. So Please fresh. welcome back into Fitbit Podcast <laughs> Studios on Zoom, Cal Wilson. Thank you for having me. I still smell like camp smoke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you find that, that that we always thought that we were smelling and then the producer said, no, you always just smell like smoke. That's all you smell. That was like. the best thing you could have said to me before I went in when I was consulting with you as to whether I should do it. Oh, we're revealing this. You went, you just smell of campfire all the time. And I was like, great. We all smell of campfire. Right. I still have undergarments that smell of campfire, even though they've been through. <laughs> Through the wash. Washes. There's still just that little aroma of, oh, it's in my eyes. Yeah, wow. How do you get rid of it? Because we just came out from camping and I have a rain jacket that I'm thinking about throwing out. I can't do anything about it. It just smells of smoke. I reckon um, you'd like get the window on your car and wind it down and stick the the collar of the coat through, wind it up so it's hanging on the outside of the car and then just drive around with it on the outside of your car for a couple of months. And that all well, for people who don't know, just to give some context as to how long this smoke has been lingering around in your eyes, like when did you actually leave the jungle? Because we went to air, the final episode was the 30th. No, yeah, you were on a show. You weren't just lost in the jungle. No, no, the so-called jungle. Oh, yeah, um, you're true. You're right. I didn't say I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> I love it. It would be pretty interesting if you were genuinely lost in the jungle. For imagine. Imagine. I just kept on stumbling across camera crew. <laughs> <laughs> and really enthusiastic producers. <laughs> um, it was a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. So two months in, and the smoke's still there. And yeah. and but you still seem to be buzzing from the whole experience. We did a gig a couple of weeks ago, and I loved how fulfilled and enthusiastic, and and just you just seem so alive about the oh, whole did experience. You, did you win? No. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks so thanks. much for watching, Ben. And uh, thanks for the great reason. It's still on. It's still on. It's, it's still not on. still on. It's oh, still on. Oh my god! Um, I feel like I have joined a cult with terrible oh, yeah, catering. I, I had right. such a time. I really like even the yucky parts. It was just great. I mean, like coming out of lockdown after so long, and then doing this thing. It was just kind of like going back into lockdown, but it was with people that hadn't heard you tell all your stories. So, like, it was a fresh audience. Yeah. Just people you're not married to you know like it was it was just a change of scenery and people that I would never hang out with like what cause would I ever have to hang out with a retired footy coach like that yeah. is that's yeah with Nathan with Nathan Buckley yeah, that's that's not the circles that I move in but fuck he's but was a friend it, for life now but it must have been a nice surprise seeing Dylan there because you guys <sighs> had worked together when he arrived that would have been like that feeling of like oh my god a friend's here yeah, it was exactly that. It was like, here's a friend I don't have to make. And also... But for listeners who are not sure, uh, who haven't done the research like Ben has, he's referring to Dylan Lewis. And what was the history that the two of you had? Did you do uh, we did what... a radio show together right. on the radio when I was pregnant with Digby and when Digby was a baby. And oh, wow. I remember when you were pregnant on her, Thank God You're Here, as yeah. you played a psychic. And the, yeah. it just blows my mind that that bump is now someone like I hung out school. with in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, that, that um, your dad my, bought ice creams for. <laughs> I take my hat off for you actually doing comedy, not alone comedy, improv, while being pregnant. Like, that is amazing. Oh, 
Yeah, I didn't even, it just didn't, all it changed was my breathing, you know, like you've, cause you've got less lung capacity because you've got yeah, another totally. whole person renting your uterus. That's so funny. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> Pushing up your diaphragm. Yeah, yeah, just sort of slightly. But um, yes. Uh, I feel it was a question at the start of that conversation. The question was, it, was around, yes. Yeah, so we worked with Dylan 12, 13 years ago, but hadn't seen him in years. And then just walking in to see him was the best feeling. And then also seeing Poe, who I had never met, but we follow each other on Instagram. Mm. And so when we saw each other, it was kind of like, oh my God, it's you. Now we're yeah. in the same place. And then everybody else, apart from Toddy, I did not know. Right, right. And Toddy, yeah. you'd worked with Toddy Goldsmith? Um, I, we used to have the same manager. And so we'd been to drinks and we had said, hello, you know, I'm Cal, I'm Toddy, but never hung out with her. Um, did, you, did you find the experience that I had, which was that because you can't Google people that you don't know once you met them, <laughs> you actually got to, got to connect with them yes. on, a, on a proper level because, oh, okay. A, you have time. Like, I think that's what people underestimate is how much fucking yes. downtime and boring it is. Uh, but you just can't, you make your own perception about them then and there. So whatever and the fuck they did beforehand is you kind don't, of irrelevant. Yeah, you, you don't know. And also you're all wearing the same clothes. And I found that was such a great leveler, like having oh, come out like prison. and gone, oh, my God, Maria dresses like a supermodel all the time. Right. And, and she was Miss Universe Australia. And that is not someone that I would that I would go, oh, I, I don't oh, know yeah. that I'd hang out with a beauty pageant queen. And now I love her. She's so smart and so um, just driven. And I'm so glad that my bigotry didn't get in the way of us becoming friends, you know, like, whereas if right. backstage at a gig or like the, the only places I would have met these people would be if I was emceeing a, a, a gig and maybe they were doing a keynote speech. Well, yeah, we yeah. did. We've done some footy club um, debates and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So maybe yeah. there might've been a chance that, you know, Bucks was there or something like or that. Or Derek. But, but, that yeah. was amazing. What, a, what a, a beautiful casting moment that was when Derek arrived. I was like, this is like, especially because people haven't seen him on the screens mm. for so many years. Again, context for who Derek is and what the moment was. Derek Kicker, amazing uh, Australian football player. Like AFL, just one of the greatest. Had the biggest kicks and um, was himself. Like it was the yeah, thing. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Like it was yeah. just like, it was It was lovely to see. And that's what I thought was interesting when they're like, they, there were so many, especially when they arrived. This is the one I was curious about because the format changed where they had the, the fake celebrity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it was a it was a twist for this year. So that was the, the, the twist. And so when did you find out that was an actual fake? Did um, you could you know straight away? Fake. If, I love if you'd watched more than the first episode, uh, you would have discovered <laughs> that uh, it was about eighty. It was a, like four or five days in, but by that stage, like oh, just, okay. all you've got to do is make friends with each other and just hang out. So we all felt like we knew each other well by that point. And so it was a complete, it was a complete bombshell that David was not a celebrity because I just totally gone, yep, and, and felt bad that I didn't know him on Instagram because it's like I'm on Instagram all the time, I haven't seen him. <laughs> and also, like his knowledge of his shoe business was very, very low. And I was like, oh god, his poor business partner, he just leaves everything to him. What a spoiled guy. And then now, now knowing that he's just David, it's like, oh great, it makes. Right. All those things make sense now. It's like oh. sort of fake it till you make it. He has now become a celebrity by yeah, pretending yeah. to be in a one. Weird, in a weird kind of fame yeah. exception kind of way. 
here's something I'm curious. Andy Warhol kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Were there things that, because the jungle experience is so unnatural to real life, especially after lockdown and all of that, uh, were there things that you were like, oh my God, this has changed me so much fundamentally, or I'm going to do this differently when I get out in the real world? What are the, what are the things you think has affected your, the way you operate now back in the real world? And how many of those things did you say you're going to do and don't do any in the end? Wow. The one that springs to mind, and this is, this is a real massive change, is I've just gone, oh, it's so easy to load the dishwasher. Like having to had to wash the dishes <laughs> in like shitty little basins with porridge water and bark. Like, like I've just gone, oh, I love I love doing those little chores now. Can, so can much- I just do a side bombshell? Uh, side, not bombshell, but no, I use a dishwasher for the first time literally two hours ago. Um, wow. Because I've lived in an apartment for the last six years and had a dishwasher and I never bothered with it. And my girlfriend was like, just, oh, just start. Just, 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 because Ben, remember, remember who you're talking to, someone who never cooked. Why would I wash a plastic container from Uber Eats? Uh-huh. Right. So what was the point of fucking putting the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher with that shit? So now all of a sudden I'm cooking. So I was cleaning as I was going, but then she's like, just load the dishwasher. But mm. I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, it's only one plate. She's like, well, put, get a fresh one, put that one back in and just stack it up. I'm like, all right, you make sense. Don't bring logic into my psychosis. <laughs> but um, so I used it literally two hours ago and Amazing. I was like, fuck, I can't believe I haven't used this yet. Did you do an eco wash or a normal wash? Man, I just don't, I just close the button and press it. I'm like, that's did you, my first Did you step. put any I'll, like dishwasher tablets in or anything yeah, like that yeah, yeah of course it? of course I didn't, I didn't, i'm not that bad <laughs> we 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 my partner and i we we dream about the new kitchen that we one day will build uh when we move into our house um but yeah we don't have a dishwasher and there are days i think i spend like i'd like to work it out but i spend at least an hour a day doing dishes i, I think at least an hour a day do, just just doing dishes and, and i and, and parents say that once you get a dishwasher there is just all this time that you've never had before <laughs> it's, it's just and it's pointless it's pointless work it's not like um oh i've yeah. made a painting or i've done the garden or I've, yeah. it's like it's just stuff that happens again and again there's no there's no reward yes. or satisfaction for having done the dishes because the dishes always come back Right. So this is beautiful, though, then where you've landed on, which is that perception of like the dishwasher is so great. And I can't believe that I just walked past it always for this last yeah, like years. Just like silly little things like that. But also, um, I think just saying yes to things has mm. like, come out going, well, I've, I just realized that I've, I've let little tiny no's get in the way of a big yes like oh because I remember saying to you like oh what if I snore and you're like everyone snores and I was like yeah why am I worried about it? and then everyone did snore so yeah. like like all little things that don't really matter that I've been using as um reasons not to do something I feel like I've uh fucked those off like, yeah. feel like yeah. it's just you're leaning into a discomfort a lot yeah. more because you trust yourself that there's something good at the other end yeah yeah, yeah and right. I and I really did love it like even the um eating trials and stuff which were gross but I was like oh I've had this experience now and yeah you know, whatever Poe cooked for us I was like great like I've never had I've never eaten crocodile tail before or wallaby or um silky chicken like What's which is silky chicken? skinny muscular black chickens they have white fluffy heads and white fluffy bodies right. but and their insides are black and it's quite it's quite a bizarre sensation to eat muscular black chicken but does it taste the same or 
Sorry, that phrase can almost be reframed as muscular black cock, and that's where my brain just went to. Oh, <laughs> I was like, it's quite ruined it. <laughs> but I was just thinking about whether you would eat it with your eyes closed, whether you could tell the difference, but you could tell the difference. I don't think I bothered to close my eyes, so I couldn't oh. tell you. I think it just tasted like interesting things that Poe made. Like, yeah, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We've had we've had Poe on the podcast, and I've had the pleasure of uh, being on set with Poe a couple of times. It was it just such a relief to know that you had a cook <laughs> there. Yes, yes, uh, it was great to know that she was there, and also, um, like, I, I'm not a great cook, but I was a really effective door bitch for the kitchen uh, right. when Bo and Joey were ravenous all the time, and literally ate scraps out of a bucket because they were so hungry, and. I'm like, well, I don't have to participate in the cooking, but I can make sure the cooking can go ahead without things being scavenged. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can, yeah. Oh you mentioned uh, your perception change of, of uh, the supermodel, the, the Miss mm. World. I forget her name, sorry. Uh, Maria. But Maria. Yeah. Uh, were there, what are the other things that you felt like you learned from this experience that is more about, you know, a, a, a view on life or a take on something that you never said. Was there some perspective changes that you had? Because the conversations in the camp can really just go deep because you just get rid of all the superficial stuff initially, yep. then you go one layer down, then one layer down, and you really start to learn something that might have shifted your paradigm. Um, so there's two sort of things. One is that, um, oh man, it's totally just falling down my head. What was I going to say? You can cut this waffly bit out hopefully um <laughs> then, yeah. oh, that's gone anyway i'll talk about it yeah, yeah um that's fine so this is this is a weird one but mm. i feel like uh nathan buckley healed my relationship with sport wow <laughs> so i, I have always that. hated sport like my first experiences of, of sport were really humiliating so at, at school just just I was uncoordinated and I had these horrible first experiences with sport and so I've always gone sport's horrible and then we were having a conversation um one day and Buckles just went yeah but you hate it because you had a bad experience and it could have been a bad experience in anything it wasn't sport it was just your bad experience and it it sounds like such a weird simple what are you talking about point but I was like oh my god you're right it wasn't sport being awful it was my awful experiences sport is not bad like what what a rudimentary thing to realize but it totally just shifted how I feel about it because like you know I might have talked about this before but like when I go into a basketball stadium to watch my son play or when we go and watch him play cricket I just don't know where to sit I don't know where to stand I'm really uncomfortable because because I've always just had these really negative feelings about it and felt really alien in it and now I'm kind of like oh great it's it's such a weird it was is, just like a little unlocking of a key kind of thing. Is there is yeah. there now more an interest in it or just the more acceptance of well, it? Well what I've what I've realized, more acceptance of it, but what I've realized is I would far rather watch children play sport badly than professional adults play it well. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it might be the day when the little chubby could the little chubby kid kicks a goal. Like that yeah, right. you know, it might be the day or it might be um one of the kids had to be taken off because he, um, because of the blood rule. And what had happened was he was eating some lollies at halftime and bit his tongue. So it looked, it looked like I was kind of a war wound, but it was really self-inflicted. <laughs> I love those. I love watching them surprise themselves. I love the, the randomness of it. Cause who knows 
Like when Digby started playing cricket, he got four wickets in the first 20 minutes of his first game. That's amazing. Right? Like that that's not supposed to happen kind of thing. Right. And I love that. But, that to happen. but if you if you're watching a professional game of whatever it is, odds on they're all quite good at it. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like there's not the surprises there, but I'm definitely I'm definitely much more open to it. I've been watching basketball for a couple of years, but yeah, but that's I, interesting you say that, Cal. That's, I mean, if I were to extrapolate that analogy to an analogy, it's like you saying I'd rather watch open micers get get a laugh on a hack exactly, joke than a, than a professional comedian who's worked at the craft for thirty years. That's exactly what Chris said. What my husband said to me, he was like, "So, would you prefer to watch an open micer than a than a professional?" I was like, "No, because I love the form of stand up. Like, I love comedy right. as a form. So, right. of course, I would like to sit down down at." well whereas his thing that he loves the form of his sport so of course he wants to see it done well yeah but that said there is nothing as deliciously agonizing as sitting up the back of a room and watch someone just die horribly like were you just... at the comics lounge last night when i was on <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know like when you see someone who's just got awful material it's and... such a rush it's like it's, you know, I mean, you well, hold hands with the comic next to you because it's just yep. Ben. So... You're talking. Uh, sorry, Cal. You're talking to the wrong person in terms of Ben because he loves that shit. But and I think. I but I think. She, 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 I, but, but you're touching on it like as well. It's like the reason why I love it is there's only the only people who understand what that person's going through mm-hmm. is the people who do it, and that rush of you know, it's like you're in their body. And yeah. I and and when I'm really nervous and I feel really uncomfortable, my thing is to just laugh and shriek, and so. <laughs> And so when I see that happening, I, I don't know, I can't look away, but I can't not look away. And I just start laughing because in that moment, no one else can understand. Like I tried to explain yeah. it to a friend of mine recently. It's like you put $1,000, everything you own on 27 red. And that is the number that you need to come up. And as that, that marble spinning and roulette and it lands on eight black, that, that, rush of dread but excitement but you don't know what that feeling is yet that is what it's like dying on stage because yeah. you, you you don't have the answers to it because you're in the midst of it and when you watch someone doing it ah oh, it's just like it just it just reminds me at the start and when it does happen and people go does it still happen i was like Look, the only thing it of course it does happen but when it happens it happens not as frequently. So it's not until you go back to an over mic where you're like, I just saw it four times in a row. Yeah. And like, I can't handle it four times in a row, but when there's one real stinker, like when <sighs> you just like, you know, the, the, the joy of sitting next to someone digging your fingernails yeah. into their leg, like you're both trying to stop each other from just combusting because it's yeah. so. <laughs> oh. So, so I so can just feel it now. It's it's like it's why I love and hate standing next to Ben when something like that happens because I know <laughs> if I was alone, I would just like try and be you know composed and stoic about it and try and remember like you know I've been through this and I've, I've I remember you know bombing this hard or whatever. But then when Ben's there next to me going, just <laughs> <laughs> about to combust, about to combust. I, I especially love it. Um, when I watch improvisers because uh, improv was my first love and I did it mm. for years before I ever did stand-up. And bad improv is the worst thing in the world, but good improv is amazing. I think you can't transcend yes. great improv. But I remember watching um, a friend doing an improv gig and she was working so hard and the audience were enjoying it, but they weren't enjoying it as much as I was enjoying it because I knew <laughs> how hard she was working. Like I was like, oh, my God, you're a tap dancing for your life. Like just – but the audience doesn't know by what a thin thread you're hanging when you're doing the, oh, improv. It's amazing. Yeah. 
It's, it's and, and for people who don't know, like I, improv is such a, it's such an in, insane muscle that you need to just practice over and over again. Mm. And I remember when I first started stand up, there was no stand up courses or anything, and the only thing that was available was uh, we, we have not had on, but I think we may have all worked with her, Janelle Koenig. She ran a improv workshop. And so I remember attending it once a week. It was every Tuesday. I was like, oh, here we go. And then I was like, attending one or two open mics. But all I remember was like, the one thing I couldn't do was just like, everyone was quite talented and, and just really good. And then they do this sea shanty where everyone would sing a line, right, of like, up the sh- and it'd get to me. And I've got no voice. I've got no timing. And I just, I remember my favorite moment was even Janelle just going, it'd get to me. And just as it got to me, she's like, okay, let's do our next exercise. <laughs> Like, here we go. But um, yeah, I, I, I love good improv. So Cal, your attitude with, with uh, sport, having that change and stuff, like, do you think that's part of the reason when we first had the podcast, you know, I think you were on in 2019, I believe. Yeah. So nearly three years on um, that uh, you hadn't started any kind of running or anything like that. But since we last had you, you slowly, I think uh, you, you've basically give, been giving me updates about your running mm. progress. So maybe... Uh, first question is, do you think that your attitude towards sport is probably what made you resist this sort of like, you know, the idea of like, you know, going to the gym or going, you know, playing netball or whatever it was? I guess, I guess I've just never enjoyed being physical because I'm quite uh-huh. a clumsy person. Right. And I've always gone, you know, like if you, if you had to run, like if you have to, had to run like 400 meters or whatever, the physical feeling of what happens when you exert yourself, I just always felt was bad. You know, as opposed yeah. to, oh, it's just another feeling. It's just a feeling that your body is having. It's not necessarily a bad feeling if you are panting or you're sweating or whatever. Right. Um, Cal, sorry, Cal, you say you're clumsy. Is it, do, do you do feel clumsy? Or if people would see you, they wouldn't think you're clumsy? Um, people might not notice until they're around me for a lot, but I always okay. have a bruise on me from walking into something. Like every <laughs> night, every night I will bang my hip on the, the end of our bed and we've had that bed for 13 years and it's been in the same spot for 13 years and every night I still bang my leg on it. That and Chris, spectacular. Yeah, Chris is just, he doesn't even point it out anymore. Like, you know, or if I'm going through a door, I'll bang my arm on the door. This is like, so triggering for me because I had such an argument with my dad because he does the same thing. And he's because re- his bed is sort of near a chair. So and he's on the way to the, the, the toilet, he'll always hit it. And we're talking like twice a day, maybe. Right. And I was like, why don't you just pull the bed away from it? He's like, oh, because my 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 shirt stand is over there because he's got like where he hangs his shirts. I'm like, move the shirt stand to the other side. He's like, oh, but then when you open the door, you see that directly. People will see that. I'm like, what people? People aren't allowed in the house anymore. And even when they were, you barely had any friends. So just protect your leg rather than protecting this thing. Like he's got friends, by the way. I shouldn't say yeah. that. He's got a lot of friends. But they don't come over. They go to like a, you know. A, a and probably not going to be hanging out in his bedroom unless they're like, oh, show me your shirt rack. Like there's not going to be a reason for them to go in there. Um, oh. So yeah, so right, so you're very clumsy in that sense, and that's probably why you resisted. Having said that, I just realized you did you do that improv show where the the whole that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up. Yep. Yeah, slideshow. So full of bruises, just always. 
just always bruised. It's always I would have something. not evened you out. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 because I remember watching that and then and, and just I think of you and Frank Woodley where I was like, you were both just holding on to a side of a table and still doing gags. That was the one thing that I always just remember, just like holding on and still doing gags. <laughs> <laughs> the, the weirdest one was getting harnessed up and then being sort of flown in the air and still trying to give people clues for one of the games. Did we talk about this last time about that I had to be flown? I was Alice in Wonderland in my first professional theatre show years ago and they wanted to do this, you know, the scene in Alice in Wonderland where she cries a pool of tears and then she ends up really tiny and she's swimming around the pool of tears with the dormouse yeah, and something amazing. else. So so the way they did that on stage was that they had us um, suspended on harnesses and we did the scene in harnesses as if we were swimming in the, in the water and they'd got a harness made by a guy that did like Paris – parasailing harnesses like for for people who um like uh like go hang gliding or whatever or um parachuting but he'd never made a harness for a theater show and the way that it was was that the it was like a kind of um you got kind of laced into it so with like buckles on either side but the 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 weight was all on my groin because yeah. of the way I was hanging. And so the circulation would go in my groin and I'd be fine when I was in the air, but then I'd come down on, you know, after about being in the air for 10 minutes or whatever, I'd come down and then just all the blood would come back and I would be in the middle of the sea. It'd be really painful, like just really oh, painful, just and trying to like the fact that it was agony. <laughs> well, acting, well, trying to be Alice. <laughs> yeah, trying to be Alice and skipping around and then being like, oh, Jesus Christ, that hurts. <laughs> so that, that was obviously good training for sliding yeah, slideshow yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. my groin so, fine on slideshow. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was, um, tell us about the catch, catch us up on then how you've gone with the running. What was the things that made you start wanting to do it? Um, how did you build your progression? I think people would love to hear right. that. So, so I, I hope this doesn't break your heart, Dilwood. I don't run anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I figured. Uh, so, <laughs> Stop getting um, updates. So I do. I you do, appreciate people running. <laughs> I walk. I walk now. But over the, over the pandemic, over the first couple of hundred lockdowns, I just <laughs> I, and I'd never run in a because I'd, I'd never run, but I knew I had to just do something to be outside. I started running in the um the the creek trail near us, and it really grounded me in our suburb the way I'd never felt before. Mm. Like, you know, mm. I've lived here lived here since 2008, but it was only running the trail that I was kind of like, oh my God, we have all this greenery here and we have um, the, all these beautiful trees and the, the water. And it just really, yeah, it was really good for my mental health to do it. And I, I got, I did 5Ks every day and then I worked up a couple of times. I think 16K, I think was the most that I ran. 5Ks every day? Yeah. That is um, fucking amazing because, man, I like, yeah, I would do one like every other day. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, was, it was this kind of cycle that I was in, but I was also overeating. I was also just comfort eating and everything. So I kind of, um, I. It was, it was a break from the family. Are we in well. the pandemic yeah. at this point when these were ha- when this was happening? Yes, yeah, totally yeah, pandemic. So, yeah. And, right. and so it was like a time to get out of the house and I'd listen to a podcast because um, I can't listen to music because all my brain wants to do is tell me how long I've done. And so, right. uh, like a song lasts for about three minutes, and so my brain would be like, "Oh, that's oh, you've only run for three minutes." Yeah, I'm the same. Oh, three minutes. Wow. But in a podcast or an audio book, you just you, you get kind of caught up in the story, and um, I found that really helpful. And then I just I never got faster. I never got faster. I got longer, but I didn't get faster. 
And then went back to New Zealand to um, see my mum because she was ill. And then I kind of dropped off at that point. Just, it just wasn't part of my day anymore. Cause it would be like, I'd get up in the morning and I'd go for a run because I knew that was the easiest thing to do, like to get it out of the way and have more energy when you wake up. But then I've started walking over the last uh, six months and walking, like I've been walking sort of 8k um, in the morning or 10k and just listening to something. And it, it, I mean, I'm lucky to have the time to do that, but I do find that much more. Are you doing that super early or just once the? No, no, once once Dig's gone to school or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you... I want to just quickly mention I've done very very little research on this, but from what I've gathered a little bit hearing podcasts and things like that, is that long term walking is is better than running if you are able to find that time because the impact on your on your joints and your and your back and stuff like that is uh, so much better if you're walking because you're almost getting a very similar kind of aerobic exercise because as long as you're walking at a certain pace. So if you're Mm. doing 10 K you're kind of, you know, if you're looking at it from a health perspective rather than, sorry, from a physical health, as opposed to mental health, um, you're actually doing quite well with your, when you're walking for 10 K as opposed to running for 10 K every day. And, and, you know, as I said, I'm wired differently where I do enjoy the, the challenge of the run because it's something I never liked and didn't do. So I'm triggered by that. I'm like, you know, I'm driven by that. Sorry, not triggered. Yep. Um, yep. Whereas, but in terms of actual physiologically, a lot of the research seemed to s- indicate that walking for 10 Ks is probably better than running 5K every day. I, that's, yeah. that's, very, that's, a, that's a very broad call, but, but you're on the right track, <laughs> pun intended. But I, I, I'm in a similar boat as Cal is that um, it is we're very lucky that we have the time to be able to do that. Walking so many Ks takes up a lot of time and most people are at work by then. But I've been doing it as well, Cal, in the morning. But I do it – I wake up at 5.30 and I like to do it and see the sun come up and then I come back and have a wow. sauna. And then I was like – but then I, what I like though is just that I, it's even though I've done the same trail so many times – and that's what lockdown kind of did for a lot of people is you yeah, genuinely appreciate a creek, yeah. a path. Um, you Actually, what I didn't know is generate uh, uh, watching trees grow. I never thought I'd enjoy no. that. I feel like I'm 60 where I'm like, well, they put those saplings in lockdown one and look at them now. Yeah, look at yeah. Them now. I'm totally, I've totally, I'm like I've discovered that um, plants are slow pets. That's what they yeah. are. They're just really slow pets. <laughs> and you can get attached to a plant. I didn't know that that was possible. Uh, I, I, so, um, I've been doing this little bit, but it's just true of going, um, I'm 51. I turned 51 over lockdown and I don't feel like I'm a 51 year old woman. And then I realized that I was talking to, I was talking to Claire Hooper about it, but I realized I was having that conversation with her in a garden center while we were having lunch <laughs> in my fifties. So I'm definitely we've come you, succulents. Um, your pet, for plants being pl- pets, uh, have you heard, seen the stuff about how they talk, you know, aggressively to a plant yeah. and then they talk nicely to a plant and give them the same amount of water and sunlight. And yet the one that got aggressive talk dies and the other one blossoms that's that still blows my mind like i mm. know it's it's like peer-reviewed research but i'm like nah you can't say crazy <laughs> yeah I, know, I, I, do, I do but i have this so funny it's like when you hit a certain age like i turned the big 40 throughout i don't know was it like, whatever lockdown at some point and during the, our lives that's the, the term i use now at some point during our yeah, lives yeah turn 40 you turn 40 and then but then i was like someone, someone said have you noticed any difference i was like oh, not really except the one thing i may have put forward to, to remind me of my dad when I was younger is now 
I get really, really excited when I have excess recycling and garbage because then at night time I start putting it in other people's bins and I get so much satisfaction. <laughs> I'm like, I guess that's, I don't know, it's just like, you know, having a fresh bin and I still haven't been caught by another person. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't like that. There's a thrill to it, is it? There is a bit of a thrill. Like, yeah, especially Living when you're in, in ISO, then it's a real thrill. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Goka. In, in one of the early lockdowns, when it was Easter, our neighbour, um, he's a photographer, so he has like a drone that he uses for taking video and photos and stuff. And he flew little Easter eggs into everyone's front garden well, on the drone. Really so it was it was so that is amazing. And it just made everyone so excited, like just yeah. these little goodies, goodies coming in and taking them off the drone and the drone flying away. <laughs> That's so That's cute. awesome. Oh, yeah, awesome. you couldn't do that in the city, could you? You get shot. <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. it was like, like a, it was like a wholesome Black Mirror episode. Right, yeah. right, right. right. <laughs> Easter eggs are delivered by the Easter drone. <laughs> um, ben, we were chatting before the pod. You were saying there's something quite exciting for a lot of parents right now in Victoria. Yes. Uh, well, the big one is uh, Cal. I believe your son is back at school. Yes, started high school. What? That's it. oh. That yeah. is huge. Yeah, oh really my huge. God. I'm talking about having a, a new parent milestone. That is that high yeah. school. So, so had, had, did you do the drop off? Do you do drop off in year seven? Yeah, well, he'll, he'll end up biking, but this week we're just taking him in the car. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was full on. Like, and he's also my, nearly my height now. So that's another weird thing of like, if I try and help him with his hair, like, I have to, have to get him to bend down. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it is another milestone. We we um took the you know obligatory photos in his uniform on the first day, and then Chris sent me a photograph of him on his first day of primary school. I was just like, oh my god, that was so recently, but he's literally a quarter of his size. Like, just oh, that's where's the time gone? Yeah, yeah I, can, I I can yeah I can imagine. And so did so then I guess he's old enough to do his own rapid test before he went in. Yeah, well, they, the school didn't get them to us until the day after he started. So, oh, that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Going> well. Um, <laughs> well, oh. so can I just uh, again, as a non-parent, what's the rules around kids going back to school it, compared to you know, say last year, whatever? That, so, rap, that is, is a great, test? great question. Oh, great is it question. confusing? Yep. it's confusing. Um, it? As soon as we find out, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well said. It is. It is. Every school's doing it differently, and. Yeah, right. And uh, we, um, I, I, we, we're currently in isolation. We're about to finish, but uh, we, we did that test, and then we were one of those parents who it was my son's first week back at school, uh, first week at school, and then my daughter's going back into grade well, two, and then that's a bit we, of a bombshell for our listeners, Ben, because I don't think that be, that's the first time you've revealed that to them. Yeah, yeah. So that you um, have kids. That, 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 that. <laughs> no, but I think for me, it's like I can't even imagine sending my kids to high school, which just blows my yeah. mind. But I'm the one where the next one is the is the next parent milestone is that you have the one drop off. So yes. I am just taking both school both kids to the one place, dropping them off at school, and so we haven't done that. We've just extended out summer holiday uh, by a week because um, uh, you know we we did the test uh, before uh, way before, which we kind of glad rather than doing it on the morning of school, we actually did it way before that. So we haven't had our first week of school, but it's been interesting because you know you hear from other parents, it's like, oh, when did you take the test, or how did you take the test, and we've been taking rapid tests, but we haven't caught it, and so we've been in isolation for more than seven days there's so many variables that in the end sometimes you start timing about well, 
am I going to get it? When am I going to get it? Am yeah. I going to get it in the seven days? I'm not doing it. And you literally are timing it while rationing out rapid tests. It's the weirdest game I've ever played in my yeah, life. Yeah, and And that being that weird situa- situation of going, well, if we could just get it now and get it over and done with. Yeah. It's you know, cr- assuming you're not one of the really unlucky people yeah. who get long COVID or, or whatever, yeah. but it is... And then, and, and that's, 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 yeah, spot on, because it's like, well, I, you know, I've had asthma in the past. So I was like, oh, actually, I don't really want it because I've heard even no. if you are triple vax, it's actually quite full on. But then I was like, but if I get it now and then I go through it, then I know that I don't have to cancel that work, that work, like that. Because yeah. again, people in the arts, people who work in the arts, it's, it's not like we can take sick leave. We just don't, no, no. we just don't get paid. Like, we don't, like, you know, if, you know, occasionally we get a cancellation pay, but they, they seem long gone as well now. Yeah. So, so it's just this crazy thing at the moment that, like, at the moment, it's like we just feel like, yeah, but, you know, we'll start uh, Monday. But it's, again, it's like you don't know because what happens if one of us then gets tested? So it's this sort of yeah. delayed holiday. But then we also want the kids, they're really excited to go back to school. But it's just this like balance. And then you're in these all these parents' WhatsApp groups where some parents are just so onto it. They know exactly when to take it, what time. And then you'll just occasionally get like, you know, some parents going, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and how how hard it must be on the teachers as well of kind of going because oh. class class size keeps going up and down as kids are away and kids come back and you've got to get those kids back up to speed and yeah, yeah. just a, a nightmare. It, it, and that, and that's where it's just like people go ah oh, we you know the pandemic's over and it's like oh no it's just a different stage yeah. like this year this year will be you know it won't be there won't be lockdowns and maybe there'll be less on school stuff but still families will just have to juggle it and work yeah. it work work it out and then that's why it's like you know like the idea of high school like like do you, do you feel like you re, like do you relive what it was like for your day at high school absolutely I've been thinking about my time at high school so much <laughs> just so much and and you know Digby being a bit concerned he might not be able to find his first lesson or whatever and going, don't tell him, hey, you got lost on your first day at high school. Don't tell him that. <laughs> like, or or um, just that feeling of, oh, God, he's, how daunting. You're going into a school where you've got some friends from your last school, but, they, you know, if they're not in your class, that friendship has automatically, like, lessened a little bit, you know, like you because you end up being friends with people in close proximity, but just – how daunting it is to walk into a new place with like 1200 kids oh what about you as 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 a parent because you know the influence that friends can have on your child is there some level of like oh he had some really good friends this last one but i'm scared about who he's gonna like pair up with this time um i i haven't been worried about it until you've just said it out loud (laughs) (laughs) but he's, he's lucky in that he plays a lot of sports so he has friends from those sports That's teams good. as well so right. even though his best mate is going to a different high school they'll see each other every friday and saturday right, right. sport um, is so important like no. it, yeah it's it's like just as a team dynamic and being able to have that connection with kids even outside you, I, I have noticed that as well it's like even if you leave you can still be best friends for the yeah. next six years because you know i have that with my one of my old friends when we went to different high schools it's like well, at least we had we, we threw the frisbee every day after school. It's like we yep. talked about what his school was like, what my school was like, and you're just like that connection, that activity. You know, it doesn't have to be sport, but yeah, yep. that's um. Okay. Does he have a phone? Can you he does. He does. We, we got him. He, well, we gave him one of my old phones, um, because suddenly he's out of our sight. <laughs> I know. That's... Like, yeah, it's just so weird. And going, I've gone. Oh my God, he's twelve. There's only probably eight more years before he moves out. Like. Oh, like it's yeah. gone so fast. It's going so fast. 
I remember when I mentioned uh, this this two shall pass as a concept that gets me through, you know, good or bad times that it's all going to be, it's all transient. I remember someone messaged me this uh, mom saying that she never, she always thought of it as focusing on the pain but uh, that will pass but also the good times like she was she was she had like a baby and she was like oh my god there'll be a time when i can't carry this child i can't do this and and you framing it like that in like he's gonna move out it's like oh fuck yeah this two this moment here will pass too so appreciate it while it's there yeah but but it's so funny because like at the time i feel like that's the one thing lockdown for me anyway is just like i do appreciate it like i'm currently Mm. i'm currently editing a video of us when we went you know when Teo was eight months and mickey was four we went to Holland. That was our last big trip. And then it was like, you know, we were supposed to go again. And then the pandemic hit. And I was in the videos going, oh, this is so cute. Like the way Minky talks. Like, I was like, this is so adorable. But I remember I did a gig, you know, doing jokes about not sleeping. And, I, I'm, you know, it's like those, those parents who just nail it. And this one parent just comes up and goes, yeah, you know, they, um, they do uh, keep you up when they're young. They also do keep you up when they turn 15. I prefer the earlier. And I was like, holy moly. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Because when you're asleep, and you eventually hear that door close at one o'clock in the morning and you know they're safe, that's when you go to sleep. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no there's gonna be any sleeping until he comes back to the house. Like I'm I'm not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just it's just I think and like it's so funny that this is like it's the same thing. It just happens over and over again. Even yeah. even if you've got the phone, it maybe gives you a little bit of respite, that little text, but then then you start waiting for that text. Like, is yeah. he okay? Yep, there's the text, there's the text. Like, it, it kind of, it's the same thing, just maybe at times a little bit more amplified, but, oh, my yeah. God, just the idea of, you know, make sure you're home, be safe. Yeah, just and just, like, I think about how we were as kids, like the kids in the neighbourhood would all um, just ride around on their bikes and there'd be no, I'm going to, Tracy's house or anything you'd just be at Tracy's house and you'd come home before dinner and now yeah. it's like well do we get a GPS uh like, do we get one of those backpacks it's got a yeah, GPS yeah. in it <laughs> like well if like, he's yeah. already got the vaccine he's probably got a tracker on him anyway yeah. so he should be yeah. fine <laughs> the, the, or, or my favorite is a great selling market at JB Hi-Fi and they sold out a lot is when kids uh, at that age just go oh, I want a smartwatch and parents are like oh I'll get your smartwatch. No problem there with very clear GPS tracking. So they can just go, they're on the phone going, oh, that's who they are. (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, We need to start wrapping up because speaking of kids, there are, you know, school pickups and everything that needs to be done for both of you. Uh, But just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and sharing all the stories. Um, Where uh, do you want people to find you? You've got a, a, do you have a new show coming up? Yes. Uh, I've got a new show coming up for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's called I've Gone to a Lot of Trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, It has me wearing a headdress that I made over lockdown on the poster. Um, (laughs) You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Calbo Wilson or Twitter at Calbo. If you go to my TikTok, uh, it was supposed to be about comedy, but it's just my cats. It's just cat. (laughs) Cat Which is it? Which is a fantastic forward sizzle for our regular listeners uh, that uh, the Patreon episode that's going to come out or has come out at this point is uh, about us chatting about cats and a big reveal about how Ben now has cats. But yes. we'll just forward sizzle that. So subscribe to the Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash FitBetPod if you want to hear that episode. Uh, but for you and me, Ben, we've got comedy festival shows as well. Your show yes. called Any Questions. Any Questions. One's called Delicious. And uh, among Melbourne, there's also Adelaide that I'll be doing uh, with Dave Thornton, The Detour Part 2. And uh, we're also, uh, I'll be in Canberra, uh, Sydney, Brisbane. Those dates will be confirmed shortly, but you know. If you're in Canberra and there's a thing called the Canberra Comedy 
festival, fucking good chance that I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just quickly, some listeners have already started doing it, but I encourage it. Um, some listeners, if you have a question you'd like me to answer throughout my show, uh, shoot me a message. Some of you have uh, had some uh, quite personal questions that you want me to answer on stage. <laughs> Oh, excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Cal Wilson. Uh, Thanks, Cal. As always, uh, looking forward to seeing the show and uh, Patreon chat. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>